0: Okay, hello
1: everyone. Um, welcome to the m and podcast. My name is Matthew Simmons.
0: My name is Noel Salices.
1: And if you forgot, because it has been a while, this is a podcast where two friends talk about TV shows, movies, uh, anything going on in pop culture. And we just try and give you the black and Latino queer perspective and what we feel about it. Um, yeah, it has been a while since we recorded. Um, what's been going mm. on with you, Noel, since the last time we heard from you? Uh, well,
0: you know, I think I lost my mind a little bit and I decided to go back to school. So that's kind of what's been keeping me busy.
1: What are you studying?
0: Um, I'm going back to get my MBA in marketing to see how I can work in some of these movies eventually.
1: Oh, we love what, that. We love that. Just,
0: yeah. What about you? What have, What is new with you?
1: Well, your boy got a new job. Um, finally, um... You know about my journey and uh, trying to find uh, new employment for my current employer. And that's about all I will say, but um, <laughs> it has been a long time coming. I think that the moment I got the call about my offer, it was just a breath of fresh air and I felt at peace immediately. So, you know, I wish them all the best, but this boy is taking his ass to a new opportunity. So, Okay. On today's podcast, everyone, we are going to be talking about the movie Scream that just recently came out um, in January 2022. Um, I'm going to give you a brief overview of what we're going to talk about today, just so you know what we're getting into. Um, we're going to talk about the background of Scream. Noel will handle that. Um, He's a <laughs> Scream fanatic. Um, we're going to talk about our thoughts on the movie. We're going to talk about legacy characters, so characters who have been around since the first movie. You know, Sydney, And we're going to talk about the new generation of characters and just how what our thoughts on are about these characters and like, you know, how they interact with the new characters. And I think we both have very um interesting opinions on the movie. I think they kind of differ. They kind of, they're kind of the same, but then we're going to, you know, cap it all off. We're going to talk about, um, did it live up to the Scream legacy? Just, you know, how does this movie compare to the rest of the movies? Because this is the fifth installment in this franchise. And then the future of Scream, what we think the future is going to be, is there going to be a future? Maybe not. Um, We'll just share those thoughts with you, right?
0: yeah i mean it's scream is such a it's a big deal right now it's making a lot of noise in the box office it knocked spider-man off for a second so i feel like it's interesting to see how such an iconic movie is being presented to a different generation you know
1: yeah i I agree um like i said i think um scream is a cult classic it is something that millennials Definitely relate to it. it. was like one of our first horror movies that we actually thought was like, you know, big. Um, I remember I think we rented it from Blockbuster, so that dates me. But <laughs>
0: uh yeah. You know, I mean, like, no, I i feel you. Scream is like I mean, my favorite horror movie of all time is Scream. Um, I started with Scream Two and then I just kinda got sucked into the entire franchise. I'm obsessed with that genre and then getting into the horror genre in general made me realize how iconic this movie is like Wes Craven who made the first four um who passed away who so he wasn't involved in the last one he was so instrumental in reviving the horror genre with this movie because it was becoming so stale that I don't know I think that it's great to see it kind of come back you know and yeah I mean it's interesting cuz I think a lot of us fans like really hardcore Scream fans were very very nervous when we heard that they were going to do a fifth one because you know it wasn't going to be with Wes I don't Raven. even think it
1: was a hardcore Scream fans I think everybody was nervous cuz you know reboots are either hit or miss mm-hmm. there's no in between at all So let's I think we should um jump into our first topic what are our thoughts on the movie
0: I was personally very nervous from jump because the like level of, of background that the directors had wasn't like just stellar, you know, and so I was kind of scared. I think the fandom really started to become a little less scared once like Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette started signing onto it, and then when my girl Melissa Barrera signed onto it, that's when I was sold and I was like, yes, this movie's gonna be good. I was very optimistic about it. I mean, I was very optimistic about Halloween and that turned out to be an amazing, you know, film too. So I kind of was ready for it. I was excited. And then, you know, with COVID, they delayed it to four days right before I turned 27. So I honestly felt like this was like a universal gift to me. And once I finished it, I mean, I watched it. I rented out a whole theater. I, you know, invited a couple of my friends to come see that was definitely fun the people that made this really really honored Wes Craven and I was watching my favorite YouTube channel where they were interviewing dead me where they were interviewing the directors and then the girl was like you know the main question that we all have is how dare you and I think that's true like we were very nervous and I think that we're very impressed by the level of respect that they gave this entire franchise
1: yeah so my thoughts are you know a little bit more simple and i think that you know though i love i love horror movies you know i am very optimistic or no i'm actually i'm pessimistic when it comes to a reboot i think that they're either either hit or miss you know so Mm -hmm. i was coming into scream after watching Scream 4, I did not have high hopes, but I didn't have low hopes. I was just neutral. I just wanted to see what they did. I actually love the movie um, personally because I think when I watch a horror movie, what I'm looking for is when I'm watching it, you need to make me feel like I could be killed by this person. I need to know that the people being killed are doing exactly what I would think to do in these types of scenarios in order to get away and stay safe. If I see the moment I see a character doing something completely stupid, you've lost me. If I can't even understand it from a different perspective, you've lost me. And I think Scream did such a good job, and that's probably where it lost me in for a little bit, is because some of the kills were just like, okay, come on, bro. You know a killer's out here, and you're kind of like, you, you know, you're setting yourself up as, as bait. You're in a house alone as a teenager in the middle of the night, you know? I was, so I think Scream yeah. did such a good job of setting up these characters to make them actually look like, okay, I kind of figure a killer is going to come through let me set myself in the best you know in the best position if a killer does come through and they still died it made me feel like it was doable like i was like okay if i was there i would be dead too because there's no way he locked down the killed and i think that's what this scream did so well and they also brought it to this time frame you know and you Mm -hmm. know i talk about this in our halloween um podcast i just you know i kind of agree with my friend symphony who said they felt like lambs for the slaughter which is why you kind of have to think of michael myers as like this superhuman type of person because otherwise it just doesn't make sense if he's a human you know yeah. i felt like they didn't feel like lambs for the slaughter it felt like this killer struggle to get some of these kills in you know what i mean like yeah they were fighting back and you know that was my favorite part of the movie was like the intro when oh. you know you're, you're, you are you're know, and we'll get into this later, but when you're looking at Tara and she's fighting, she's fighting for her life, getting stabbed and still like, I'm not backing up. And I think that's what I love about this movie was the people didn't go down like dead fish. They, they fought, like there were knives in people's necks and they were still trying to grab for stuff, yeah. you know? And I just thought that they did a really good job of making me feel like if that was me in that movie, I would still be dead. And that's the best way to keep your audience feeling scared. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: I also want to add that, like the trailer for me, didn't impress me honestly. And I love trailers, but when I watched that trailer, it didn't impress me. But it didn't make me nervous. It just felt like it was purposely guy like misleading us, you know. And a lot of the cast even said, like the trailer is very misleading. People say it's very simple and it's very giving, but I think even in like the Terra moment, you know, we're used to this iconic intro intro like kill scene and to have the like the main the main like intro girl survive was like it, it took us back to basic it was you know playing with our expectations just like Wes Craven did back in 96 you know what I mean
1: yeah I agree because uh, I completely thought she was dead yeah so, now that we're talking about characters I think that leads us into our next topic so what about the legacy characters? So there were three legacy characters in this movie. It was Dewey, Gale, and Sydney. You yes. all remember them from the first movie. Dewey was the cop, Gale was the um, news reporter, and Sydney was the main girl, the original horror girl. Like everyone knows Sydney if you know horror.
0: So yes. I th-
1: let's start with Dewey. Um, what are your thoughts on his character in this movie?
0: Um, you know, I think that to be honest, and I know this might sound a little controversial but I think that this was like kind of David Arquette's purposeful way of like signing off the character you know I was I was a little sad as somebody who loves Dewey from the first one that his journey kind of took him to a a very I don't want to say dark place but a very lonely place it seems so that was a little sad to watch as a fan of Dewey but I think it made sense for the kind of character development that this man has had in the past four movies. You know what I mean? Especially with his relationship with Gale. I am sad. I mean, he made me cry in the movie. so
1: Yeah. Dewey dies for anybody who didn't catch <laughs> that. Um, so yeah, Dewey dies in the movie. I loved it. I thought that it made sense. I mean, it is the fifth movie. You have a limp. It's, not making sense and Dewey for me Dewey kind of set him up set himself up for Mm -hmm. failure because he had two options and he created a third option which should have never been an option so basically Dewey is um fighting off the killer he saves um Tara from the hospital she's about to die he's fighting off the killer and then he shoots the killer twice so Dewey pops off and then he gets him into the elevator and he tells him I gotta go and make um do a headshot, and I'm like, Yes, yeah, sir, you got to make the headshot. In my head, he should have done either done the headshot from the beginning, like after you shot them twice, headshot, then get everybody to safety, or just left with them. Those are the only two options. The moment he was going back in there to just be like, I'm gonna get the headshot, like this is it for him. So then Dewey gets a phone call, it distracts him, killer gets up, kills him. Yeah. I love Dewey's character, um, in the movie. I was at first when I saw how, um, Kind of worn down he was, and living in a trailer, kind of like a bomb and divorced from Gail I kind of felt bad, but then I realized, you know, it makes sense, especially after all the trauma that they've been through constantly, over and over. The only thing that I don't get from Dewey is why the fuck he still lives there. But then I get, I get it. After every movie, you think you're done with this bullshit. Oh my god, Andrew, this, can I? <laughs> this town is fucking poison. Like,
0: it like is, I no. don't get
1: why they. I don't get why any of them live there. It's Sydney and Gail spoiler alert they moved away like geniuses they should have um you know but I guess you know when you think the killer's dead you feel safe again so that is also I I give them I give the writing team fairness with that
0: (laughs) yeah and you know Dewey always was very in in with Whitsboro I mean his sister was murdered there just fun fact because you know I've seen this movie a couple times like you know online a lot of easter eggs it was so cute because when you see him in the trailer there's an actual like display of tatum's ashes who was his sister in the original screen so like i love those little nuggets of of of, of details that the creators provided to like Give continuity to the to this franchise, you know.
1: Yes, especially for super fans, because if you ask me who Tatum is, I have no idea. <laughs> um, but I get it. You know, I've seen a lot of super fans come out of the woodwork with this, and they notice the the, the littlest of Easter yes. Easter eggs. Whereas I know who Sydney is, I know who Dewey is, I know who Gale is. And the best
0: um, Easter egg that this movie gave us is to give us the fact that Kirby survived
1: from Scream Four. She survived. And I just watched Scream 4, and I didn't remember who Kirby was. But <laughs> that was also something that um, I was hoping that if she survived, that she was going to play a role in the future movies. So let's see. Maybe she will. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, um. Okay, so let's go on to the next character. So, you know, I like Gail's character. She's the same Gail that she's always been in every movie. Gail has always been a badass. Gail doesn't take the bullshit from the killer. She goes after them, actually, trying to find evidence on them, and then almost always gets stabbed. <laughs> i mean no that was she stabbed in every movie or am i tripping
0: um i I don't think so
1: yeah i feel like she was stabbed like three of them at least but yeah i mean she keeps getting back up and in this movie she was a complete badass like i loved her she just kind of like was like yo we we got to kill this motherfucker i'm tired of this i'm tired of this crap like let's do it you know so I mean, I, I don't have a lot to say on Gail. She's going to give you that Gail Weathers type of vibe where I'm a badass chick. I work for the news and I'm going to solve this crime. And I, I, I just love her character. She's fun, it's fun to have her in these types of movies because you're not looking for victims. You're looking for people who are just like, yo, you're you're killing me. I'm going to coming. I'm coming after you now. You know, let's flip the script. You know, and you normally only get that from the Sydneys in the world. But, you know, Gail was like, I'll give it to you, too.
0: Yeah, Gail is such an underrated final girl. People forget about her so much because, you know, that they have Sydney. But Gail is uh, like such an icon. She's literally been fighting the final battle with Sydney and like most of these movies. So I loved her. I love seeing like the actress Courtney Cox. If everybody watches Friends, she's Monica, you know. So watching her back in this role, and I love when, you know, someone as iconic as Monica has something else, like Gail, you know what I mean? Like, I love that. And I loved her performance because I feel like the whole little moments where she had interacted with Dewey and then, you know, her reaction to his death, like, all of that broke me because I think their relationship was so monumental to Scream. And then Mm -hmm. also knowing that, like their real life actors got married and had a kid and then divorced like I don't know it just gives a very meta experience to their relationship especially in this one you know
1: Hmm. yeah I definitely agree and you know I think my favorite part about Gail was her moments with Sydney yeah we're jumping into Sydney oh, everyone. yes no but no Sydney. I agree I think yeah you know, no it's our moments with Sydney like I think that for all three of them the friendship that they held was it was nice to see it traverse into their adult lives and then the way that her and sydney had like this unspoken like they had unspoken words throughout the movie that they didn't even have to say anything they just knew that together they're were like we're gonna kill this bitch like th- they're yeah. going down tonight like this ends like i have fa- i have a family i have kids this is done today and i just think their interactions were it was almost like watching a teammate where you didn't have to speak and she just threw her the gun sydney caught it and sydney was like let's do it you know what i mean like it's yeah it was like moments in the movies where they just were teaming up without saying anything to like get one up on the killer especially when they were caught together it just i don't know it just made it badass and you know sydney's always been a badass oh my god sydney's always been a badass so sydney starts the movie off Like, she gets a call from Dewey where Dewey's basically saying, yo, this shit is happening again back in town. Sydney is far off. She's married. She has a kid. And, you know, she's just like, you know, keep me posted. And I think Dewey's death triggers her coming back because she's like, okay, now you've taken it too far. You know, I'm going to end this shit for you. So Sydney comes back. Gail's already back from there. And then, you know, I don't know. Her character was just still the badass main girl for me. Like, it, it was just a classic. I don't know. Sydney always takes a show when she comes through
0: i don't remember if i said anything that is going to contradict this in the halloween episode so if i did i take that back call him out on it please (laughs) but sydney is and i think has always been my favorite final girl you really cannot get better than her like you just can't i love laurie but like Lori has actually died. You know what I mean? Like, Cindy has never died. And, like, mm-hmm. four, like, nine motherfuckers have tried to kill this woman. And she's like, nah, fam. Like, we're not dying. And I just, I, and I, I do want to emphasize the relationship between her and Gail because I think that's one of the most important parts of the film, of the franchise. Like, they started off slapping and punching each other. And now every time they see each other, they hug each other. And then this time, the first moment they saw each other was, you know, to, Kind of mourn Dewey's death, so it's just like I don't know. I feel like they're such a power duo, and I love Sydney. I think, um, like I said, when when I with the minute that I found out that Nev Campbell was gonna be in it, like I was sold because I feel like, yeah, the minute that I found out that she was gonna be the in the movie, I was like, this is gonna be good because just like you know, in Halloween, I don't think that this. I don't think that, you know, this actress would sign up for such an, um, you know, honorable role that she has played if the creator that she's always worked with wasn't doing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that gave all of us a lot of, like, confidence and hope that this was going to be a good movie, that this wasn't just a cash grab.
1: Exactly, you know. Oh, um no. I was happy they had Sydney. You you can't have Scream without Sydney, but It just you know, doesn't we'll make get, sense. We'll get into the new Sydney now. So we're going to get into the new generational um new generation of characters starting with Sam and Tara. So Sam is like the new Sydney in this, and Tara is her little sister. Tara was the first girl as we talked about earlier. And that you know, the opening scene with the girl always dies and she actually survives. Um you know, I think she did a great job. You know, she is a lot of drama happened between her and Tara as kids, and that caused uh, Sam to move away. So Sam hasn't had you know much frequent contact with her family. It seems like in the beginning of the movie, um, she finds out Tara gets attacked. So Sam then decides, you know, I have to go back into town. So her and her boyfriend, you know, get their shit and they go back into town to go meet her sister, and that's where it begins. Like they're they're in the hospital, they're talking, and you know, Sam gets attacked, and Sam pretty much shows you she's a badass bitch like her sister. And that's, that's one thing I have to speak on for both of them is they were given major sydney vibes, both of them. Like, they both yes. got attacked, and they both started boxing. I mean, that knife scared them, but they said, that don't mean I got to lay down and die. Like, they started boxing this man. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, picking up chairs, screaming. Her getting attacked in the middle of a hospital was fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> like who was working? <laughs> like, but I just... <laughs> I appreciated her never-ending will to keep fighting, whereas, you know, you watch a lot of these horror movies and a character gets in this type of situation and they kind of give up and someone else has to come save them. And that didn't happen. They were just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep fighting. Like, I got you. You know, up until the um, yes. where Tara was in the fucking wheelchair trying to fight back. I was like, yes, girl, you in a wheelchair. And, and she was
0: still talking shit. Like, she was still talking shit. She was like, fuck you. Like, you know, like, I, I love that. I love that they included Latina actresses and Latina characters, but they weren't, Mm -hmm. like, screaming at us, like, they're Latina. You know, there wasn't really any mention of them being Latina or from, you know, any kind of Latin background. Um, Obviously, I love Melissa Barrera. She was the actress in Vida. So when I found out that she was signed on for this, I mean, I went crazy. And then, you know, Jenna, who's been in, like, The Babysitter, and then she was also in You!, she's also like really coming up in her in her you know career so it's fun to see them like and to be to know that they were playing sisters um and I just love how I mean I feel like Tara whenever the trailer popped up I feel like they kind of just basically gave us all Tara's scenes and I was really nervous because I was like I thought she was gonna be like a bigger role than just the, the intro kill, you know? So, when, like, the intro scene comes up and you really see this girl fighting and
1: then her commentary about horror movies and the horror genre, and mm, elevated Yeah, war, like... the intro call was kind of epic because, you know, I think we're so used to um when the killer calls, are like, what's your favorite score? Um, hi- um, horror movie? And, you know, they say some old horror movie like Psycho or, you know, Carrie. And she was like, the Babadook. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah girl! Yeah. Like, get it more current. I think it just, I love that they made it, like, current, whereas it wasn't, like, dated, where she was, like, this horror buff who was going to say something really antiquated and, like, old and, like, a classic. And I was, like, yeah, the Babadook, fuck it. And then she's, like, stab, she's, like, stab movies are trash. And she kind of <laughs> ripped it to shreds. And she was, like, oh, she's, like, I-, I like movies that make you think, even if they're horror. And then she spoke on, like, what the Babadook was about. I was, like, yes, yeah, get into his ass. Like, tell him. Um, next, we're going to talk about Mindy and Chad. So, Mindy and Chad were the twins. They were half black, half white. Um, they're Randy, the film buff from the first movies. They're his nephew and niece, right?
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, nephew and niece. Um, and that's a recurring theme in this movie. The killer is killing anyone who had any connection with the um, the first murders, right? It was like yes. the first round of scream kills. Like, so if they were uh, siblings, if they were, you know, past dead aunts, if they were, um, you know, nephews, kids. He was going after, or they were going after anyone that had any relation to the first um, round of kills from the first scream. So that was a cool callback to the first scream, I think. So these were the um, biracial twins. And one was a sister. I love Mindy. First of all, Mindy Mindy was amazing. Mindy was amazing. Mindy said, I have watched all 28 stab movies. (laughs) I know what the fuck to do. And I know all the fucking facts. So Mindy would be telling them, like, her brother once was walking off and she's like, what are you doing? Because they were in the middle of a party, he said, "I'm gonna go look for this person." And she said, "Without a weapon," she said, "She's like, like grab a weapon." She gives him a weapon. She's like, "What are you? Don't walk off alone without a weapon, at least, right?" Um, and, and and she had all these like themes that were going on. Like she, her friend walked downstairs, and she walked downstairs right after. Her, and she's like, "You went downstairs in the basement alone." She's like, "Like she's like, yeah." And she was like, "What if I'm the killer?" Then the other girl says, "I know you're not the killer because I'm the killer." I love that scene. It was epic, right? It was. I mean, it was like, suspenseful we'll, for we'll, sure. Like, we'll spoil it, but that other girl actually was the killer. Surprisingly, she didn't kill her though. Um, but I love just all her scenes, and I think her the her starring moment is when she had the same moment as yes, um, as her um, uncle, as her uncle, where she's sitting on the couch watching a movie where someone a killer is creeping up behind someone about to stab them, and she's like, hold on. I'm watching this little movie. That means it might be. And she turns around to see the, you know, scream right behind her and her ghost face. And she jets out and she survives, y'all. Thank God they didn't kill our yeah. black queen. But um, also, like, to talk about chat a little bit. I'm sorry, Noel. I'm like taking over it. I just,
0: I love them. No, uh, I mean, I want to talk about the fact that they literally killed all the white people and saved all the brown and black people.
1: Okay. <laughs> like, all the brown and black people lived, y'all. So, her brother, after she gives him the weapon, like I spoke about earlier, he walks outside, and of course he gets attacked. But he also survives, y'all! So, like, (laughs) I was, I thought they were both dead, and I'm so happy that they both survived, because she was the smartest one um, in the entire um franchise. (laughs) Not entire franchise, but entire movie. She was the smartest one, and I just kind of, like, appreciated her facts, and, like, telling them whenever they walked off alone or did anything stupid, like, yo, this is stupid. Did you not watch the movies? Like, be prepared. Like, they're coming for us. We're all related to these killers. Like we need to be prepped. And that yeah. was like, that was. It just made her character so much more elevated.
0: It was such an uh, honor to to Randy's character. You know.
1: Yeah. And um, uh, you know, Noah, if you got anything to say, I'm gonna let you say it because I'm then I, I need to talk about the problems I had, and these are the characters I wanted to talk about it with.
0: Um, I mean, I don't really have anything much to say about Mindy and Chad. I like the main thing I wanted to m- mention is that they decided to, um kill all the white people and make all the brown and be- black people survive. And I think that was obviously intentional. Like that was uh, them kind of being very meta, just like, you know, West Craven was in '96 and being like, you know, we're used to all the brown and black people dying in these. And now we're going to give you a movie where all of them survive. And then exactly. Possibly- you know what I mean?
1: Yes. And they gave us that, but there was also something that was missing. And I was speaking to a friend and I think that, I only had a problem with one, and then I realized I had a problem with all of it. So in the beginning of the movie, Sam and Tara's mom hears, hears that Tara was in a um, an accident, basically knows that her daughter was stabbed, attacked, house was broken into. And the reply was, she's stuck at a conference in Europe. Tara and Sam's mom is trash. The killer should have killed her. That's how I feel, because if your daughter gets stabbed, Mind you, she got attacked twice. Twice in the movie. That means her mom was probably notified. Two times, not just one. And she still chose to stay in that conference. I I couldn't believe it. I would have rather she couldn't find a flight back. She was trying, she's gonna do all, all that she can, but she's having trouble finding a flight to come back. You know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. fake phone calls with the mom. I had a problem with that because I was just like, your mom is fucking garbage oh, I'm at a conference, I'm sorry, there's a lecture going on at 3 p.m. and I have to do it. Like, you got stabbed, you good, girl? Like, okay, as long as you good, I'm good. You know, I didn't like that. But also, I think that the movie was missing, like, okay, you can't have these biracial kids and only show the, the white mother and not show the Black dad. Because I think that there's a certain element that Black people also add to horror because of the way we perceive horror and the way we perceive certain um, things that would happen. In society, if those type of scenarios would happen to us, and I think that that's just such an, it was such a missing part in Chad and Mindy's story was their father, we knew their father was black, but he was nowhere to be found. And they they kind of just left that gap open for us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's, I would say that's one of my problems with it. And just as a black man, I would have loved to either see him or hear why he wasn't in the movie. And then to go back to Tara and Sam, I would have loved to hear a better reason to why their mother couldn't come back after her daughter was attacked twice and stabbed in, in critical condition.
0: <laughs> you know that's interesting. Honestly, I from what you're telling from what you're telling me, your basically your problem with this movie is the subtle misrepresentation in minority parents that they had mm-hmm. in both Mindy and Chad and Sam and Sarah's yeah. story. Honestly, I mean, listen, I agree. I do think that I didn't notice it. On, I mean, I did notice it, but I didn't really put too much heavy emphasis on it because the way I saw it was, you know, like the mom was shown because she was in Scream 3, so it's the same actress. And the mm. uh, the other mom, I mean, there was an opportunity to like bring her into the story, maybe make her a victim or something. But the conference thing was very like a cheap excuse. I yeah. I've, I mean, looking back, I definitely agree with you. I think that when I watched it, I didn't really pay attention to those because I just felt like those were plot details purposely excluded just to keep the narrative going. But I do, now that you're mentioning that, I do think that it was a subtle way of like misrepresenting what Latino and Black parents are and what they actually look like.
1: Exactly, because I think that the dad was easier to write off. They could have easily just said, oh, yeah, dad's working in another state or dad's away for work real quick. You know what I mean? That could have just been a one line and I would have been fine because his kids hadn't been attacked. But I think with the mom, after her daughter got attacked, it could have easily been she's trying to get back home. She's looking for flights. They're all booked. You know what I mean? It could have easily been a let's make it impossible for her to get home in this time frame because it all it all happened fairly quick. You know, it happened over the course of a couple of days. But just the um, she's stuck at a conference. It's, it felt so heartless to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think they try to do that, making the conference in London. But still, I definitely agree with you.
1: Yeah, it it just felt so heartless to me, and I and I that is the only part I can ignore. Their dad not being in it, the twins' dad not being in it, but that part right there, that just that that it kind of like I love the movie. It's one of my favorite screams now but that part kind of stuck with me. I would say that. And that's the only thing I can say about um that I didn't like from the screen movie was the fact that her mom basically was just like, "Bitch, I'm busy." Like. <laughs> don't you save yourself. Yeah. Call, me when you, you call know, me when you get shot. You got a couple of stab, girl. Stitch that up. Put a band-aid on it.
0: You know, just to, you know, play devil's advocate, I do I do I don't think that it was like left out on purpose. I think that they were trying definitely to make her suddenly seem like a very irresponsible mom with like the story of how she made Sam promise not to tell Tara and how she lied about who Sam's dad was you know I think and how she had a drinking problem I mean it's the movie started with like a guy calling from AA or from the group of her mom and you know and then even in when how did you know my secret your mom's a drunk in this town. you know so I do think that um they gave her kind of like a, a, a character, like a very shadowy character of what kind of mom she was. Um, but I don't think they they intentionally, you know, because I feel like for for um, for it to feel intentional to the Latino, to the, to the Latina mother, um, you would have to emphasize that Tara and Sam are Latinas. And I don't think that the
1: movie emphasized that at all. I would hope that, you know, if any other installments in the future franchise that, they either make the parents have a viable reason for not being there or they kill them. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: No, it, I mean they
1: did that for
0: for Jill's mom in Scream 4, yeah. so I think that it's uh, it, it could have been an option. Yeah. Especially for the story behind who Sam's dad was, you know.
1: Yeah. I agree. Um so let's all right. get
0: into the killers, let's talk about the, the Ghostface reveal.
1: Yes. Okay, so the killers in this movie were, drum roll, <laughs> they were Richie and Amber. Um, Richie was Sam's boyfriend. Ooh, big surprise. Shocking. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, for those who don't know, um, a reoccurring theme in the Scream is it's always the boyfriend. Um, it's not always the boyfriend, but, you know. It's, it's only been looking.
0: the boyfriend once, actually, if you really think about it.
1: Okay, now that I actually think about it, yeah, you're right.
0: But Um, because he was such an iconic killer, you know?
1: Yeah, you you have to at least question the boyfriend. So, to talk about Richie a little bit, they did him genius. And the reason why they did him genius is they threw it in front of our face the entire movie so that as movie watchers, we wouldn't think he was a killer. So, every step he went, they were like, yo, have you even looked at fucking Richie, bro? Like... Richie's the boyfriend he might be the killer and mind you Richie's like what why do you guys keep saying I'm the killer and everybody is saying yo it should be Richie like ev- like it should be Richie and they're like yeah but Richie was right there and they're like yeah but it's always the boyfriend and even when Dewey just Dewey had a moment in the group of them and he was just like yo it's him <laughs> It's him." like you know and it kept happening so much that I was just like, okay, now they're fucking with us. Like, it's definitely yeah. going to be him. I was like, they, now they want us to think it's him. Yeah. And I, I reversed psychology, my reverse psychology, and I ended up back in square One. So,
0: Dude, <laughs> and that's what they did in Scream One. I mean, in Scream One, they well, made Well, I never think...
1: even thought it was a boyfriend in Scream One. That's because I thought they made it too obvious.
0: Exactly. But that's. Oh, yeah. What okay. They... Yeah.
1: You're right. You're right. That's exactly what they did. Look at me. fucking They my brain made over it too it.
0: obvious. So then you would be like, nah, they're making it too obvious. And then bam he's the killer and right. I think that was pretty genius the way they did it in this one as well honestly yeah
1: because I, I didn't think they would do it again um, it was genius how they did him and I think just you know when I really um, started to question it um, Noel it was yeah. the moment that Tara was in the hospital in the wheelchair and the, the scream comes to kill her one of the screams Amber and Richie shows up because he says that Sam calls him to come over and then Amber turns around and then only slashes him. She doesn't stab him. She just gives him a cut on the arm. And I was like, huh, you you, you just do that and push him and that's it? I was like, that was very, they, very, very subtle. Like, it was a subtle, like, I'm not going to really kill you. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. They, did that to, I they did that to Jill as well in screen four.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's when I really, like, was like, huh. I was like, "That was why didn't they, she just stab you when she had the chance, you know? Mm-hmm. Amber's reveal wasn't surprising for me. I kind of figured it was Amber. Um, After a little bit, I was just like, it gotta be Amber. Uh, you know, Richie was surprising for me. So Amber's reveal wasn't as amazing to me. It was, especially when they, by the time they got to the house, I knew it was Amber. I just, I was like, oh yeah. You know
0: her. what? That's so interesting. I think I'm in the opposite as you.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, because the way Amber was acting, And I think the jealousy she was having um, about Tara was starting to get to me. And then by the time they got to the house, and then Amber was like, "Oh, I have your inhaler." I was like, "Oh, she's a killer! Why? Why why she got her inhaler? She's a killer!" (laughs) So Richie surprised me. That surprised me because I thought seeing him run downstairs to Sam in that final moment, and I'm like, "Oh, thank God, Richie's here!" And he stabs her, and I was like, "Oh." Uh, yeah it was
0: hurtful yeah it was very
1: hurtful and after she had that moment alone with him where she put the pen to his neck or the knife to his neck and she was like yo just don't fucking talk to me i don't know who to believe she was having that moment of you know doubt where doubt was sold she didn't know who the killer was so she thought it was everybody even her own sister they just it was just great they i loved it
0: the killers did a good
1: job they did a good job of like making the characters all think it was each other so that they kind of kept the radar off of them
0: you know? No, know, I, I agree. I mean, listen, I these killers are not in my top five, honestly, but I will say I love the reveal. The play of it. I actually love Amber's reveal a lot more than Richie's because Amber's reveal was very to the point. Like she got a gun, shot Liv and said, welcome to Act 3. And it was like, all right, we're in Act 3. Let's go. Like as a Scream fan, it was such a we're not gonna fuck around. We're just gonna tell you who this bitch is. You know what I mean? And Yeah, I, I think that was
1: cool too. I agree.
0: It made sense for for like this movie, the fifth one, to just kind of have this like, we're here. This is where we're at. We're not in, yeah. you know, we're and not and it
1: was kind of cool how Sydney and Gail were just like when she came outside, like so Amber yeah. comes outside of the house like crawling over in blood, like hell. Help. And Sydney and Gail kind of look at each other like suspicious, suspicious, suspicious it's killer. Yeah, and yeah. the moment Amber hears that, she's like, fuck it. Shoots. And like, and I'm like, yo, that was awesome. So that was cool too. Both reveals had their own like art to it, and I kinda I love both of them. That's probably why I like the movie so much. So um
0: I think for Richie, I loved his reveal for sure, but it pissed me off, honestly, because I think by that moment I was sold that he wasn't. So i was like fuck you got me again yes and even 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 his line of you're upset it's me i was like i am i am very upset at you like what the fuck i will say though i don't think anybody has honestly talked the level of psychotic behavior and acting that the first killers did which was um Keith Ulrich and Matthew Lillard who played Billy and Stu in the original Scream. And I know, you know, this is, I don't think this is controversial. I think a lot of people like her too as a killer. I love Emma Roberts as the killer in Scream 4. I think those three have been the most psychotic. And I do think that, you know, Amber and Richie did a good job at being psychotic, but I don't think they got even close to the level of craziness that the, that those three did.
1: Yeah, I I the only reason why I differ is because I think Emma's psychotic just it just didn't feel believable for me. I felt like the entire movie was a play on being satire, so I liked it, but I was just like, this is just all satire. I, it's hard to believe her reasoning for wanting to be screamed. Whereas, um, these characters I yes. felt like were a little bit more grounded. Yes, yes, in yes, their yes. reason where hers just kind of felt like this random stroke of chaos she had one day sitting at her computer like fuck it i'm going to kill some people cuz i want to cuz i want to be famous yeah <laughs> cuz i want to be famous no i it. agree It had like an art form to it it had just mm-hmm. kind of reasoning behind it it just it it made it, it i won't say it made sense none of it makes sense in terms of like i'm just going to kill people one day but it just kind of it played forth through the story of events i feel like it connected better to the timeline for me um i thought that this movie was going to be okay i thought it was just gonna be okay i thought i was gonna watch it and probably feel the same way i felt about four just like oh i like it it's a play on satire it's cool but it actually really impressed me i thoroughly enjoyed the movie i thought that it was really um well written w- really well shot like the things that were intentional really sold well and the things that were not intentional you know they, they still hit you know if i if, if only if the only thing i can say about a movie is that, <laughs> that a mom didn't come home I think that it's a great movie. You know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. No, I agree. Movie, like that. That's the only critique I can really like hold on to. Hold on to.
0: Yeah, because um, it's. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, so I I would say that it did live up to the um screams legacy. I think that it's one of the best screams that is out there. I recommend. I mean, if you haven't seen it and you made it this far in the podcast, I mean, you've seen it at this point. We spoiled everything, but. I I would definitely recommend um, anyone go watch it. I mean, shit, even if it is spoiled, it's still a great movie, you know? Yes, Um, honestly,
0: yes. I loved it. I mean, like I said, this was very special from the moment it was announced to me. It was special for the day it was going to be released, and it was special for, like, the actresses that were going to be in it. I had a lot of high expectations. I had a lot of optimism and like I said, I, I just had a lot of faith because I, I know that, you know, I don't know what it's like to be an actor, honestly, but I know what it's like to be thankful at, at someone. So I just knew that like the three legacy actors weren't going to sign up for this just if it wasn't a good script or if it wasn't, you know, an honor to to the legacy. And, and you know, the, the beauty thing of it is like, okay, so uh, um, the guy from 13 Reasons Why, his name was Wes and he died in the movie. And so the party literally said for Wes, And that was on purpose because it was for Wes Craven. Like, they were honoring him Mm, in the party.
1: Okay, that was
0: cool. Yeah, I love these little, like, Easter eggs that they gave the entire, you know, the fans. Like, you know, even whenever Sam was driving, they were driving to Woodsboro, they did a call back um, to Scream 4, which was, like, oh the last time this happened it was in 2011 and that was when emma roberts you know went and killed all her friends or whatever mm-hmm. so i just loved the i just loved that these directors and these filmmakers understood what they were exciting enough for they understood the level of hate they would get if they disrespected it and as a matter of fact they kind of pulled one on us and commented on that you know with the story like with the fact that amber and richie wanted to kill because they needed better sam movies like that's literally the reason why they wanted to do it and they wanted to gaslight and make it seem like you know sam was this villain because she was the daughter of a serial killer and i just thought it was all so genius it was also telling and it put fans in such a predicament that if you like don't like it because it disrespected the 1996 version of it then it's almost it's almost commenting on you like this is who you are you're Richie and Amber you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I just love that because I think it was genius like I that's what makes Scream so beautiful is that it's meta it's very self-referential it's very like it's a commentary on
1: on oh okay I want you to answer something for me what is it, it being meta mean?
0: Sorry, no, so meta, I don't really know the, like, the actual definition, but it basically means that it's, like, self-referential. So, like, um, I don't know, I feel like that, like, it's not, like, breaking the fourth wall, it's more so, like, it's... It's
1: just a commentary on things that have happened or been said in real life, but they're also bringing it to light in the movie. Yeah, kind of in saying, the movie. Hey, like, we know you've been saying this, here you go. Like, you like, know what I mean? Like, like kind putting, of like an ode to the fans.
0: Yeah, it's like putting, you know, uh, silences for Wes and making it make sense in the movie, but knowing yeah. that the fans
1: are going to look at that, like, so oh, it's that's almost so like cute. they break the fourth wall without having to actually yeah. break it through their characters. Okay, I I get it now. So that's it's, meta. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's just and, it's like it's like when um, Pixar has a little, little Easter eggs that are kind of like you know, yeah, 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 I like mean, throughout their movies. Which I mean, they're referencing other movies, but in this point, they're referencing real life things.
0: Okay, I want to actually read the term because I think it will make sense. It's referring, ref, referring to itself or to the conventions of its genre, self, self-referential. self So it's just like very, it references itself. And Scream has always done that because, you know, in 1996, when, you know, horror movies were like, oh, I'm just going to get killed by this killer and I don't even know what the whole hell a horror movie is. Scream was like, oh, these characters know what the horror movie is. They know the rules. They know what they're in. And it, that's why it's meta because it's like almost they're aware of that, of the fact that they're in a Scream movie. Okay. And I, Yeah. And I think that's what makes Scream such a genius film. It's like, it, it does that in such a way, but it also tells a good story. You know what I mean? I agree.
1: Yeah. It's a good movie. I love it. So, let's talk about the future. I am happy if it ends here, to be honest, but... I also if it does continue I think that Sydney has done her time Gail has done their time I think to put them in another movie you have to kill them to be honest you you, can't, yeah, you just can't nobody do wants to see them die to kill them so I think that if you're going to continue just go forth with Tam, Samus um, Tara, let them be the new Sydney and Gail or the new Sydneys I I'm fine with two, but you can't put you cannot put um Sydney and Gail back in those movies, or I you have to kill them. It just—it's the same reason why you couldn't put Dewey in this fifth movie and keep them alive. I just wouldn't have believed it. One of them had to die, so that's why I yeah. appreciated that one of them actually did die because like, it, it's the fifth movie, like it's getting kind of crazy up in here, you know. So I um really hope that if they do continue, they focus more on Sam and Tara.
0: I am. honestly, I kind of, I agree one hundred percent. I. I hope that, you know, if they do, you know, because I think, you know, from the box office numbers, there is there's there's potential for a sixth one and a seventh one. and That's like kind of what happened with Halloween. Once, once they realized the monetary gain of Halloween, they're like, let's, let's add two more, you know? Yeah. So I do see it. I do see it as a potential. I do think you know, the actresses for Gail and Sydney, I don't think they would have come back. I think they did this kind of like as an homage to, to Wes and as an honor to this. I mean, listen, I would still watch them if they did come back, but I just agree. I think that their story's over. And I think that even in this movie, it showed that their story was over because they didn't play a significant role in the story. They were just kind of brought into it as people that understood it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I agree. I think they would do wisely if they um if they went On a story with Sarah I mean with Sam and Tara and Mindy and Chad and I would love to see what it says because one of the things that I wasn't even I didn't even care about the killer because at this point I was like I know they're gonna fuck with my expectations on the killer I cared about the kind of commentary it was gonna say about the state of the horror genre and I loved it and so I I, would be interested to see how they incorporate that kind of meta ness and that kind of commentary into a sixth and seventh one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So honestly, just like in Halloween, I would be happy if they canceled it and they didn't make any more.
1: And I'd be happy if they made more.
0: Like I would still go. S I think I'm the same on- way.
1: Yeah, I I like as long as they do it within the yeah within the same like realm of how they've been doing this last one. I would like it. I just don't, I I can't have it too satire ever again. I think that's where they almost lost me. But this was a good balance, I think, of the satire, the realism, and and, um, good storytelling.
0: Yes, I agree. And, you know, honestly, even though three and four, in my opinion, are the weakest of the bunch, I don't think there is a bad screen movie at all. Like, you can pop any of those in, and it'll be a good time, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. So, um, I think this brings us to the end.
0: It does. It was a wow. nice little conversation. It
1: was, yeah, it was a good jolt back into this. You know, um, I just want to thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Um, this is our first po- podcast of 2022, so you we're gonna try and do more of these. We have a lot of topics that were submitted from all of you, so we really appreciate that. So, um, look out for our next one, and um, you can follow me on that guy Mateo on Instagram, and you can follow me at Noel Silices on Instagram. All right, everybody, stay safe, lock your door.